when you are going to a sales call or, 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 or a meeting with a, with a prospective client, then you really have to focus just on one thing, that what is it that the customer needs, what is it that he says he needs, what is it that he does not realize he needs, and your focus has to be just uncovering that in stage one. Welcome to the show. Hey Anush, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me on this podcast. For sure, man. So for the people who have not heard about you yet, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? So as far as my title goes, I'm I'm a high ticket closer. Now what that means is that I close the offers for high ticket programs and services over over a telephonic call. Um, yeah, so that's what I do. So what mm-hmm. kind of ticket size are we talking about here? Like how much, uh, what's the size of the service you're trying to close or the product? See, um, in this world, we call it, we, we call anything about, uh, you know, 2,500 US dollars um, as a high ticket, right? So wow. because this is a global term. Yeah, this is a global term. That's why we're talking in terms of US dollars. So anything above about twenty five hundred dollars is is called a high ticket. Now it could range from twenty five hundred to to ten thousand to twenty thousand, uh, and then there are some very high ticket uh, services which are which are for for even as big as one hundred k, like hundred thousand dollars. Wow, that sounds good. So I mean, let's start with this. Like, how is high ticket closing different than the traditional sales that we are? We are being sold to the ways we are being sold to. How is it different from the traditional method? So, so first of all, with with, with all due respect to um, traditional sales guys, um, when, when we say traditional sales, we are actually talking about the, the the impression that we all carry in our mind about about a typical traditional salesperson trying to to push his product on you, right? So, yeah. when 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 we say traditional sales, it is it is. It is that kind of an impression that we are talking about and not any sales guy, right? So in a traditional sale, um, the, the salesperson usually talks a lot about the features and benefits of the product or the service, uh, yep. irrespective, of, uh, irrespective of what is the real need, if, if there's a real need at all or not. And that is what makes people, people resist that uh, quite a lot. So they, they don't have a great feeling talking to a sales guy because they feel that uh, he'll be he'll be pushing that product on them right but when when we're talking about high ticket high ticket closing or high ticket sales um, the focus is on the customer the focus is on the customer's needs the focus is on his his pains um, his goals what he's looking for you know, what, what kind of aspirations does he have? What are, what are his expectations? So in, in traditional sales, see, this is how we can summarize it. In, in, in traditional sales, product or service is at the center of the conversation. Whereas in high ticket sales or high ticket closing, it is the customer who's at the center of the conversation. Wow, that's, that's a great thing you mentioned. So I would just want you to repeat this because this is a really important distinction you're making here. So please repeat that. that. Okay, sure. 
So what I was saying was that when 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 we are in traditional sales, then it is the product or the service which is at the center of the conversation. We're talking about the features and benefits of the product and service. Whereas in high ticket closing, it is the customer who is at the center of the conversation. So we're talking about customers' needs, pains, aspirations, goals, requirements, needs. Yep, definitely. I mean, that's a great distinction you've just made there because as many many people know who might listen, uh, I do the generation. So try to focus on what the end result is instead of just the features or benefit of the service. So in that way, you're doing the same thing, but in high ticket closing, it's more about what the person needs, his pain points, as you said, his goals, what are his goals. And they're focusing right. on that instead of trying to push features or benefits onto the customers. Is that correct? Exactly, because, because uh, you see, we, we are not selling a, a regular day-to-day commodity here, right? Um, we, we are not selling soaps here. Um, we, we are selling something which is transformational uh, in terms of, uh, you know, whether it is a business product or, or a personal kind of service, but it is something which is transformational. That's the reason it is high. And that cannot be sold just like that. I mean, it does not, it just does not work. Definitely. I mean, let's say, let's take this for an example. You're talking like $2,500 starting ticket prices. So obviously that takes some kind of guts from the salesperson side. I mean, if you are, if you're not used to selling that kind of price points, it definitely takes some, there are some limiting beliefs inherent with the salesperson who's trying to sell that product. So what is the mindset of a high ticket closer when it comes to selling high ticket? Because I can assure you, it's not simple to sell at that price point. So what is your mindset when it comes to high ticket closing? You're, you're actually right. It, it, it is uh, more about the mindset than, than anything else when it comes to uh, high, ticket, high ticket closing. See, we, we, need to, we need to be clear about a few things when we are uh, on a high ticket uh, sales call. Number one thing that we need to, need to understand and keep in mind is people hate to be sold, even though they love to buy. So if, wow. if they are... Yeah, if they are on a call with you or, or a meeting, in a meeting with you, there is definitely a need. There is definitely a reason, right? But then they would still hate to be sold. So that's the apprehension every client will have that he does not want a, a, a product or a service to be pushed on him, right? So that, that is one thing that the closer has to keep in mind, that, the, that people, even though they may love to buy, but they hate to be sold. All right. Number two, um, people people will afford what they what they really want to afford, right? Okay. And and it's it's not so much about their, their ability to buy. It is it is about their desire to buy. So when you are when you are going when you are going to a sales call or or a, or a, or a meeting with a, with a prospective client, then you really have to focus just on one thing. That what is it that the customer needs? What is it that he says he needs? What is it that he does not realize he needs? And your focus has to be just uncovering that in stage one. Right. So that is that is where the mindset of the high ticket closer is different from, from the mindset of a traditional sales guy. Does it make sense? Yeah, I mean it's totally different from what we learn in traditional sales. It's like you, the, and the reason I like high ticket closing the way you're mentioning it is better because it's more about 
all about the customer. In fact, it's not about it's not about your product or service. So it's kind of like an egoic response from a salesperson who thinks that people buy his personality. On the other hand, from what I'm hearing about from you about high ticket closing, it's more about focusing on customer needs, getting clarity on what the customer wants, just focusing how you can give that transformation through the product or service. Exactly, exactly, absolutely. For for example, say you are you are into lead generation, right? Um, suppose you are selling yes. it to me, and and uh, you start talking about your leads, the way you generate leads, and how it can help my business. But you wouldn't want to sell it to me uh, unless you know that the leads that you generate are going to be properly used by me. What if you give me good quality leads, but my other systems are broken, my sales process is broken, or my my offer is not great? And you give me leads. Will it give me desired results? No, right. So when yeah. you, you 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 asked about the mindset, when 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 a high ticket closer is on a sales call, it is not just the customer who is qualifying the the service provider. It is the other way around as well, and the other way around is more important. So I as a closer have to first qualify the prospect and see if he is a good fit for the program or not. If he's not a good fit for the service that I'm selling, I would be the first one to say, "Sorry, this is not for you," because we don't want to sell a high-ticket program and then face a situation where the, the client does not get the desired results. That's bad for my my reputation as well, right? For, for, for the reputation of the service that I'm selling. So, qualifying the prospect is equally important. I mean, as equally important as as uh, as it is for the client to qualify the, the service provider. So it has to be a good mutual fit. That is why we say that when you are on a, on a high ticket sales call, listening and listening deeply is so 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 very important. Yeah. You said something really beautiful, back. Like it's about. It's not just about the customer is not the only one who's qualifying if the company is fit for them, but you have that ability as a salesperson to qualify if, if it will work for the customer or not. And to think about it, it's it's not just a simple mindset thing. It's about the self-esteem of the salesperson because a lot of people hate sales, let's face it. And right. especially the people who don't know that sales could be done this way, they mm-hmm. just abhor sales totally because they don't understand that they have the choice if they want to work with this um, customer who they're talking to or not. Because most of the time, their commission is on the line and they're just trying to get that quick paycheck, even though it caused their self-esteem and things of that nature. What do you have to say about that? How does that play into it? When you when you enter into, into a conversation for, for, for a high-ticket service, then your, your role changes from um, a, a typical salesperson to that of a consultant for the for the client. Right? So... You, you want to spend as much of your time as you can in really uncovering why the client is on the call. What is he looking for? Why is he looking for? What is going to happen if he gets it? And what is going to happen if he does not get it? And very important question, why does he need it now? Many times, many times, we will we'll, we'll be able to figure out that even the client has not uh, thought about these questions. So the role of a closer uh, actually 
uh, is when on a call, he is more like a consultant to the to the prospect. So his goal is number one goal is to get absolute clarity, absolute clarity, so that the both both parties know that this is what they are looking for. And and towards the end of the call, then they can actually conclude whether what is being offered is is actually a good fit or not. Does that make sense? Definitely makes sense. And circling back, you said something that there is another question like why he needs now, which is a perfect segue to the next topic, which is the objection of I need to think about it or I need to talk to my <laughs> business partner, which is definitely what you said. <laughs> so I guess it's the best segue to move on to the objections part, which is I'm sure a lot of people will get value out of this. Like, how do you overcome objections as a high ticket closer? And especially the objection of, let's start with this. I need to think about it. Okay. Actually, um, you remember I talked about qualifying the prospect first. So yes, it, it, did. it actually, yeah, it, it goes back to that first of all. So when you're when you qualifying the prospect, uh, you have to qualify him on, on two, three things. Um, one, um, if there's a need, uh, surface level, maybe, maybe surface level without going uh, you know, very deep into it, which can be which can be done later into the call. But there is a need. Does he have the the authority to take a decision himself, right? Or or there are other people involved in the decision making process, and does he need it now, right? So so yes, when you do get, you still do get objections like that. Um, like I don't have money. This this, uh, this this is out of my budget. Um, I'll have to think about it, or or I need to discuss it with my business partner or with my spouse and all that stuff. So yes, um, when when that happens, it actually shows that the the the, the pain digging has not been done properly or the qualifying has not been done properly, right? Because when you are into the conversation, when you are uncovering the needs and the pains. Um, if if it is if it is really a deep pain, then then um, and, the, and the prospect understands that there is value involved in what is being offered, then it is it is very unlikely that you will get that kind of an objection. But if you do get that kind of an objection, you really have to figure out if the objection that they are giving you is the real objection or not. Many times they 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 would mean something else. But they would say something else. So, for example, if they say, "I don't have, I don't have money, I don't have this out of my budget," now, you cannot take that on face value. You really have, as a closer, getting clarity is your number one job. So, if somebody tells me that this is out of my budget, I really have to clarify that first. That if budget was not a problem, would you go ahead with the with the with the enrollment right now? The moment you ask that question, you start getting different answers. And then it is very likely that 10 minutes from then, you would figure out that it was not the budget that was a problem. We, we, we were not able to convey the value of the service properly, or we were not able to help the, the prospect visualize how this service or our solution uh, could be a good fit for him. The moment you do that, you would see that the, the money part gets out of the way. Similarly, when, when they say, I need to talk to my business partner. Now, number one thing that it indicates is that you missed out clarifying it at the beginning of the call, if he's the decision maker. 
Number two, when he says, I, I need to talk to the business partner, you really, really have to get clarity on that. Yeah. You've been working with your business partner for, for, for so long. What do you think he's going to say? And then they'll come with come up with, with some or the other answer, which will actually tell you that it was it was not the right objection. Again, they did not see the value, or again that uh, there was not a, a big enough need at that point in time. So that's that's how I mean I would say the objections are handled. You really have to play with them, and you, you cannot cannot resist them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is what you said right now. It's it's so different from usually how people handle objections. So that, that is totally different handle from what you overcame. And it's like most of the time, even we as people, normal people, even though we know sales, we do sales on other people. And even though we are in that role, we, we lie to salespeople. Like it's our tendency to lie to them. We don't tell them on face value, like what's our real pain, what's a real problem. And it's right. like we keep, even I say that to sometimes say, well, I need to think about it. It's not the time. And what you did that, it's about uncovering the real objection. What they're saying, it's kind of like, they're just kind of smoke and mirrors objections, that that kind of way. And you, what you're trying to do is uncovering that and getting to the real cause of what are they really saying, which is really mm-hmm. amazing about what you say. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, just wanted to add one thing that um, many a times, the reason why you get such objections is, is you have something going on in your own head, right? And and when 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 as a closer you are projecting your own values to the client, then you are very likely to get these objections, and then it becomes difficult to handle. So if if you feel that oh this is high on budget, I'm not sure if this prospect is going to buy this. So that that could be my value, right? It could be it could be out of my budget, but assuming that it could be out of the the prospect's budget would be very wrong. So sometimes uh, the, when the when the person doing the sales call projects his values on the client or on the prospect, then the chances of getting such objections actually increase. So, do you mind if you talk about limiting beliefs? What are some of the limiting beliefs you have seen or you have overcome yourself? Huh, yeah. And see, this is this is one of the uh, uh, major challenges that you have to overcome as a, as a, as a high ticket closer. There would be limiting beliefs. Um, number one is, as we grow up, right? We we are conditioned, um, uh, you know, depending upon the kind of environment we have seen, um, the kind of situations that we have gone through. So we have our own set of values in our heads. I just mentioned about projecting our own values. And those values itself create those limiting beliefs. We say that, oh, uh, maybe I'm not good enough. Uh, maybe uh, I won't be able to explain this. Um, maybe the, the other person that I'm talking to is a big shot. Uh, oh, I'm talking to the to the to the uh, CEO of a company, and I, I'm just a sales guy. Uh, you know, there are there are there are a lot of, lot of limiting beliefs. There are a lot of limiting beliefs around money. Um, why why is it different when when we say um, uh, selling a high ticket product versus uh, a low ticket commodity, it does not take it does not take two times or five times or, or ten times the effort to sell a high ticket product versus a low ticket commodity. It does not take that. In, in fact, in in many cases, it takes lesser effort. But what it takes is a strong mindset. That is what it takes. And limiting beliefs around large sums of money 
is the is the biggest biggest uh, limiting belief that you have to overcome. Does that make sense? Definitely makes sense because if you if you're not if you have a limiting belief around money, like money is not there is not enough money for me, like money is not abundant, then obviously you're going to be stuck in that cycle. And charging the kind of prices like a high ticket closer charges, I mean, I don't think that's even a possibility for a person. We're stuck in a paradigm like this. So exactly. let's, let's start with this. Mm-hmm. How, how does someone with that paradigm get out of that mindset? And how, how does that, what should he do to change his mindset and view money in, with more abundance? And how should he go on the path of just getting that high ticket closer mindset so that the person can sell high ticket ticket for himself? Number one is is understanding this. When when people pay higher amounts for a service, now now whatever conversation we are having right now, the assumption is that whatever we are selling, uh, it is it is worth the price that we are selling at. Okay, so the program or the service actually has to be good. It has to deliver value. It cannot be a lousy program um, being sold at ten thousand dollars. That will not work. But uh, if if we believe that. Um, that the, the program or service that we are selling is good for the prospect and it is, it is going to be transformative for the prospect, then it actually becomes our moral duty to sell that prospect, sell that, sell that service, doesn't it? Because if we don't do that, then we are actually doing the disservice. We believe that this is good. So I see closing as something which is very, very noble. Uh, somebody would have closed me to get the kind of education that I got, isn't it? Even though oh, that, that was definitely. not professionally called, yeah, that, that was not professionally called closing, but somebody would have closed me. That could be my parents, my mother, my father, my friend, my sister, right? Similarly, whatever whatever services are we using, whatever, uh, for example, if we are enjoying uh, an Apple phone right now, right? Somebody would have closed us to buy that Apple phone. That's why now we are enjoying the luxury of having an Apple iPhone with us, isn't it? So I see closing as something which is very, very noble. The only condition is the closer has to believe that the product or the service that he is selling is actually going to make a positive difference in the life of the person that he's talking to. And if he believes that, if he has the conviction, then it becomes his moral duty to sell that otherwise he's doing a disservice number one number two we have to understand that when people pay more they appreciate it more so true that when people pay more they appreciate more they enjoy it more because they have paid more so they look for positives in in in, in the service that they are getting if they have paid more. And when they do that, they share that appreciation with others. And then you get more clients and then you get more positive feedback and then the cycle goes on, right? So as, as, as a closer, if you really want to get out of that limiting belief of, of, the, of, of services being overcharged or, or this being uh, too biggest uh, money uh, to charge somebody for, then you really have to understand this, that if the program or the service is good enough, then if they are paying less, they would value it less. If they are paying it more, they would value it more. 
they will get better results and ultimately that is what you really want when you have that mindset when you have ingrained that into you you would be comfortable talking about big sums of money and you would actually um uh, you know end up getting better results for your clients if that makes sense definitely makes a lot of sense in fact so at the end it comes down to your conviction and what most, most people think is that it's about me but what what i've heard so far is it's not about you stop it it's not an ego thing it's about the prospect because you said that exactly. it's a noble thing to close someone for example it's a noble thing to close someone to exercise to go to the gym that's a noble thing to do to eat healthy right. and most people don't like that most people don't like the hard advice that's a great thing you mentioned because it's not about you it's about helping the other person if you've got something right. that you value and you think someone else would benefit from that it's your moral obligation to sell to the person right it's all it's all about coming from a place of genuine uh, concern and connection of building that trust and and uh, you know guiding the prospect to to arrive at a conclusion we don't want to sell them um, as i said in the beginning nobody wants to be sold it is actually about helping them take the right decision for them so if we can achieve that we are done so one last question before we part what's the one actionable advice you can give to any sales person right now which would help him immensely in closing more sales what's the one key actionable advice you would like to give to someone okay so if it is just one key advice irrespective of irrespective of whether you are selling a high ticket program or a low ticket program of course it is more important in in high ticket but whatever you are selling the number one advice that i i is listen to the prospect with a lot of intent listen to what he's saying listen to what he is not saying listen to what he is feeling listen to his the way he is expressing listen to his tone of voice if you are face to face look at his expressions and really try to understand what is it that he is wanting to say um when it comes to his needs um his goals so listening with a lot of intent with a lot of depth is the number one thing that a good closer or a sales person needs wow that's true. so people who want to get in touch with you how should they go about doing that oh linkedin linkedin is a great time i am on linkedin my id is like linkedin.com slash balvinder 100 and it is spelled like b a l v i n d e r numeral 100 so that's my linkedin id i i am there on linkedin very actively well thank you balvinder thanks for coming on this podcast uh it was great having you it was a whole lot of fun and we we did some really we we dropped some really value bombs here so it was nice having you on the show thank you very much it was such a pleasure talking to you thank you Hello everyone hope you enjoyed this episode like subscribe and stay tuned for more